From the American College of Financial Services, it's time for NextGen in 10. I'm Ross Riskin, chair of the NextGen Advisory Task Force, and for the next 10 minutes, you'll be joined by our hosts and guests discussing topics relevant to up-and-coming financial advisors. Hey all, it's Alana Phillips here today with Roberto Duran, Wealth Advisor, and Anna Klein, Practice Manager with Odyssey Wealth Design in Southern California. Thanks for being here with me. Happy Thanks, to be here, Alana. Alana. It's so good to see both of you. I have had a crush on your team since the beginning of my uh, short career in financial services here. So I'm excited to hear from both of you about your team, some of the things that can be useful to our next gen audience. And I really want to start off with, we have so many different career paths in this industry, a lot of different roles, a lot of different jargon for those roles. And Anna, you have a very interesting role as a practice manager. Can you talk to our audience a little bit about what that means to be a practice manager? Absolutely. So there are a lot of different facets to my role and the practice manager role itself can be different things to different practices. But if I had to break it down, I would say there are two main aspects of my role and what my responsibilities are. And that breaks down to Number one, I act as the liaison between the client and the advisor. And then number two, I act as almost an internal liaison between our team and the advisor. So both of those main roles and responsibilities that I have, you know, obviously that's a big umbrella to be underneath with all of the other things that I do, but high level, that's really what my role is. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Anna. And I know we're going to dig into some of those details. So Roberto, can you talk a little bit, this title of practice manager and, and when you developed you know, this role within your team, I think it does mean different things to different advisors. What was your thought about what a practice manager really should be doing? Yeah, Lana, I think it evolves as the practice grows. And I think the beginning of a practice manager is actually more of an admin role and a client concierge role. And as your practice grows, your practice manager could even become more of a paraplanner for you in some ways. If they're capable of those duties to the extent that they can, then it becomes almost like a chief operating officer at its highest level. So once you start hiring other staff members, it's really helpful to have somebody who can be that go-between sort of like middle level management and help to develop and really make sure that as a team, we're serving our client in the best way possible. But at its highest level, it's definitely a chief operating officer, more of an executive role. And Anna and I are actually working our way into to growing into that, but it's definitely a spectrum that evolves over time. Yeah. I appreciate that just because I think that this title is used across the industry to mean various things on that spectrum. And that's probably a nice description of what that looks like from how it starts when maybe you are chief cook and bottle washer as a, a solo advisor, and, and then you grow into having additional staff. And this individual, Anna, in this case, needs to take on new responsibilities and grow into more of an executive sort of a role. So Anna, let's dig in. Talk to us about day to day. What are some of the duties that you perform as a practice manager? You know, as I mentioned before, I really do act as a liaison between the client and the advisor. So 
I'm often the first point of contact for the client because I can take care of or delegate out about 90% of any related issues that come up. And for those that I can't, or for situations where an advisor hat is needed, then I can bring that to the attention of Roberto and we can strategize our next move. And then, as I mentioned, I also act as the internal liaison between our team and the advisors. So that's a more managerial role in overseeing, supervising, mentoring, and really helping get the best out of our team. So there's a lot of administrative duties that come with that, but that are essential in terms of creating and developing and fine-tuning processes that get all of these things done. Yeah. How would you say you spend your time? Is it 50-50 between those two pieces or how does that break down? Yeah. You know, that's an interesting question because to Roberto's point, my role has developed over the years into where we are today, where I'm kind of on the cusp of going even a level up above what I'm doing now. So day to day, right now, the managerial supportive part of my role, which is processes, procedures, supervision, helping the team, training, that's probably now about 70% with the other rest of it coming for day-to-day daily responsibilities, like keeping clients updated with what's going on with their investments, helping the team push through business and service in motion items, finding ways within those responsibilities and roles that the rest of the team has to even coach and train and get better at what we do, continuing to streamline things. So it's an all-encompassing thing. I mean, every day can be different, but really I am in constant communication every single day with Roberto and with the team, just ensuring things are getting done to the best possible level and identifying with Roberto, how can we get better? That's awesome and a great description there, Anna. So I'm gonna stop us there and we'll be back after this quick break. Learn how a goal-based approach redefines 21st century investment with our Wealth Management Certified Professional designation. Bring your value to a new level at theamericancollege.edu slash WMCP. Give your clients the retirement security they need with our Retirement Income Certified Professional designation. Visit theamericancollege.edu slash RICP to learn more. And we're back. We'll pick up right where we left off. I think about you as, you know, a, a small girl at one point deciding like, oh, I want to be a practice manager when I grow up. <laughs> Is that how that went? Or what were the things that maybe you brought to the table already, Anna, with your previous experience that made this role easy for you to grow into? So, <laughs> so full disclosure, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, when I grow up, I want to be a practice manager. <laughs> but, but you know what I have found is I've gotten older through this career and the, the other careers that I've had before this, I've always had a desire to and a a heart of service. And I think at the core, that is what I always enjoy doing. That is what I excel at. I enjoy helping others. I enjoy being the person that you come to with a problem because even if I can't figure it out, I like working with other people, reaching out, helping to understand how can we help this thing move forward. So I think really just me throughout my career, helping others be the best they can be, including myself, because when you, you know, when others shine, you shine as well. That's really what I feel is the core of my role is serving others and helping to do that in the best way possible. 
That's awesome. And I think for our listeners, Anna, to think about their own sort of characteristics that way and and things that appeal to them, that heart of service, that sometimes that doesn't mean you have to be a client facing person like an advisor, right? You can still have interactions with the clients. I know you do every day, like you're saying you're that liaison, but you still fulfill that service desire and you, you know, have to be excellent at communication. It sounds like to be able to connect all of these different folks, to be able to delegate a lot of different qualities in there. Roberta, when you think about Anna growing into this role, what were some of the things that you identified in terms of, you know, realizing you needed this role or what made her a good fit for it? I think the first thing you realize as an advisor is there's so many things to do. And a lot of those things are keeping you from being in front of clients. And if you're not careful, you can get caught up doing a lot of administrative work, a lot of behind the scenes backstage work, and that's not where you're best positioned. So if you're looking at your week and you're saying, you know, I'd like to have more time in front of clients, but I have all this paperwork to do, you know, I have all this prep work or follow-up work I need to do, and it's keeping me from having more meetings with my best clients then you need to grow your staff. And it starts with, ideally, it starts with hiring someone you can grow with and who can help you grow out the team and identify and create job descriptions around other members of the team you would like, other spots on the team you'd like to fill and you grow together over time. That's the way I've seen it work best. So it's recognizing you're at critical mass, finding the right person who can grow with you in that way. And then I think from a business owner standpoint, you know, there's a saying, if you don't have an assistant, or if you don't have a practice manager, if you don't have a pair planner, then you are one, right? And so as a solo advisor, you get to a point where if you want to keep growing, the only way you're going to keep growing is if you start building out your team and it starts with a great practice manager. That's awesome. I think the last part of what you said there, especially Roberto is so true. So many advisors I talk to when they listen to what Anna is describing about managing people and time and some of the administrative connections that have to be made there, they just, you know, crawl under their desks and hide because to have to manage people and time and all those things is not what they typically do best. And so it is important to have somebody that's good at those things and hopefully can continue to grow with you. So as a wrap up, to this discussion, Anna, you really are, you know, an executive partner, it sounds like is where we're at now with the advisors that you work with. How do you interact with them? And what do you think creates a successful relationship between a practice manager and advisor? I think collaboration is huge. I think constant feedback is essential. And communication in all the ways we can and do communicate like emails, our CRM systems, weekly meetings, all ways that we stay on the same page together or, you know, potentially proactively get ahead of any potential issues. So, you know, also as a practice manager, I can bring a unique perspective to the advisor in terms of our clients and our team and interactions that I have with them. So there's a good perspective there internally of what's going on with the team that I can provide to Roberto, as well as my interactions with the clients, just one-on-one on my own, as I mentioned before, 
I am usually the first point of contact and I can take care of it. And if it's something essential, if it's something important that I know Roberto or another advisor is going to need or want to know, because it might make a difference in what we're doing for the client, that's a way for me to communicate that to them. And so again, just staying all on the same page. And I think you have to have an open mind and an open heart and be strong and understand that this really truly is a, a partnership. If you're the practice manager, you are a partner with the advisor that you serve because he or she is a visionary. And in my role, I feel like I'm, I'm much more the, okay, that's a great idea. Now, how are we going to get that done? How do we do that? And how do we do that to the best of our ability? Yeah, that's true rocket fuel there for anybody that's read that book, right? The visionary, and then you have your, I think it's executor, right? But the person that actually goes in, integrator, that's what it is. The person actually goes in and takes those big visions and ideas and makes them happen. And certainly, Anna, that takes, like you're saying, having an opinion, right? And being a strong person who communicates effectively. So I think that that's so important for our next-gen folks to consider this as a career option. If those are some of the talents or skills that they have. And certainly for advisors that are growing their practices to consider having somebody that does this role within their team. Alana, I just wanted to add something there. So we call Anna the glue of the practice. And as you heard her describe her role, you can kind of get that sense. But it's not just the glue of the practice backstage. It's also a form of glue front stage. And what I mean by that is stickiness with clients. You know, they might get upset with me or maybe not be super happy with me, but they want to be nice to Anna because they have such a great relationship with her or other members of the team. So that connection and those relationships that she ends up developing with our clients helps to keep that loyalty as well. I'm sure no advisors are upset about stickier clients, Roberto. So what an important role. What a great partnership that the two of you have. So thank you for being willing to share what a practice manager is and how that role fits into your practice. Thank you. Thank you, Alana. For more episodes, visit our website at theamericancollege.edu slash podcasts. This has been Next Gen in 10, brought to you by the American College of Financial Services.